Folks, welcome in to Free Money Football, where we break down the bets so you don't have to. We give you the information to avoid the slaughter. But first, we got to give a shout out to our sponsor. This week, their event is upcoming this weekend, and that is obviously the Batavia Down and Legends and Stars Sports Collectors Expo, October 29th and 30th at Batavia Downs Gaming. Autograph guests include. Current Buffalo Bills football players, Jordan Poyer, Greg Rousseau, Micah Hyde, Devin Singletary, Boogie Basham. There's Buffalo legends like Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid, other athletes including Andre Ryson, Paul Molitor, Callan Winslow Sr., and more. A full list of guests and details and tickets can be purchased at legendsandstars.net. Batavia Downs Gaming is located just off the thruway, exit 48 in Batavia. But, boys... Three weeks in a row, Vegas has lost. That does not happen very often. They've only had 11 losing months pretty much ever, <laughs> and that hasn't happened since 2011. I don't know if it's going to happen this week, but Meerkat, how are you feeling going into week eight? We're feeling good, boys. We started the season out hot, then I got a little cold, and then last week, no bills or anything, so we were like, all right, let's take a week off. We all kind of think the slate's really gross, not sure what to do with it, so we took it off, except... I placed a little action here and there, played it like a square, and ended up having a nice Sunday. So I'm ready to ride into this weekend. But again, don't love this slate. A lot of spreads with big points and a lot of weird lines. I'd be scratching your head a little bit, but we'll try to dissect it for you folks. Absolutely, Stevie. Same thing to you. It's been it's been tough some of these weeks. We've been kind of predicting the downfall of the public, but they've stayed up these few weeks. What are, you, what are you thinking going into week eight? Yeah, they have. And I'm glad, you know, kind of took a week off. I made a couple teasers, but that was really it. just a nice refresher because last week's slate was awful. I don't think it can get worse this week. But just not only just from a betting perspective, the games overall, they were just not good games, not entertaining games. But we're back. We got a loaded slate this week. I think it's going to be a little bit better. And I think, Ty, this is the week the public may lose a little bit. I know we've been saying that for three weeks, but it has to come at some point. So let's hope it's this week. Absolutely. Everyone out there who's watching is like, stop praying for our downfall. No, <laughs> we're giving you the right angles, hopefully, on these ones uh, to get on it. Because when you see a line and you're like, oh, I'm betting that, obviously, like that's an easy hammer. And not so fast this week. Make sure you stay out of the rat traps. And another thing to note, it was the first time last week that um, NFL home teams were actually a positive record against the spread. They were 8-4 and four against the spread last week. First time they were above 500 against the spread. So something to look out for. Maybe home teams are starting to figure things out, that home field advantage, getting back into the mix. Who knows? But let's get it started here with this Thursday night game. Should be extremely entertaining. We know that Nate Geary and degenerate Allen Maniac have a bet on this one. Allen Maniac got a, uh, the Packers at 10 points. Don't know how lucky for them. But Cardinals here, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home with the Packers coming into town. Over-under sitting at 50. They're expecting a very exciting game in this one. Meerkat, how do you see this one playing out? So both these teams, 6-1 and one against the spread, you know, Cardinals undefeated, Packers with that rough week one loss, but since then, they're 6-0, and oh, they look fantastic, and getting hit a little bit by COVID right now, they're not they're not going to have their defensive coordinator on the sidelines, which is not the biggest blow, Alan Lazard's going to be out, and then Devontae Adams is not looking good right now, I mean, there's a chance he's cleared the playing time, we'll find out more tomorrow, but Adams being out scares me a little bit, but you're getting Marcus Valdez scantling back. I mean, the guy sucks, but Rogers likes him and has a connection with him, so it's whatever. And are they really going to need the passing attack? Because Aaron Jones has looked great when he's healthy, and the Cardinals' run defense isn't good. They're allowing over 115 yards per game on the ground right now. Packers' defense looking pretty hot, less allowing less than 16 points per game the last four games. I, I think I'm going to take the Packers here, boys. The Cardinals got to be brought back to earth at some point. Uh, I hope this isn't a theme of us just agreeing for the entire slate again, Meerkat, because I, I love the Packers here. I'm just kind of simplifying it. You know, everyone's going to overreact to the injuries in the receiving core, and that's mm -hmm. fine. But guess who's healthy for the Packers, and guess who's doesn't have COVID? It's Aaron Rodgers, and mm -hmm. you're getting a touchdown or close to a touchdown with Aaron Rodgers. But that's just one of those things where I'm taking it every time, no matter who the opponent is, no matter what Aaron Rodgers' team looks like. He is one of the best quarterbacks ever. 
and he's getting six and a half points right now. I have to take that. I love the Packers this week. I don't know if they win outright, but I think the Cardinals have to come back down to earth at some point. And you're getting close to a touchdown with Aaron Rodgers. I'm taking that every single time. Yeah, if you're getting a touchdown with Aaron Rodgers, especially in a game where we said the public perception, they're going to be all on the Cardinals. They're the yeah. hot thing right now. Everyone's like, hmm, maybe they're not going to lose at all. Maybe they're the best team in the league. No J.J. Watt, not going to be able to get after the quarterback as well. You've seen that rushing game sort of figure things out a little bit, at least enough to, to you know, to help out Aaron Rodgers, especially to set up that play action game, which was working really well against uh, the Washington football team. But let's hop into the Sunday slate here. And Stevie, we're getting it started with your LA Rams. Big favorites on the road going into Houston. There were two touchdown favorites at 14 right now, over under sitting at 47 and a half. Cooper Cup with another big day last week on pace for the best season out of any fantasy receiver. I remember when Stevie questioned my receiving core with him and Debo, and not anymore. Stevie, how are you feeling with this game? I mean, it's the final leg of the anti-gauntlet for the Rams. They played the Giants, they played the Lions, and now they got to play the Texans. And I normally hate laying big points. I don't like laying big points with the Rams. But this Texans team has just been miserable. Single-digit points in four of their last five weeks. It has been rough for the Texans, and I just don't think 14.5 is enough. We saw last week with the Lions, Dan Campbell put his balls on the table, and he said, guess what? We're going to fake a punt, we're going to onsides kick, and then we're going to fake a punt again, and we're going to do whatever we can to keep the Rams' offense off the field. Well, that's only going to work for some point, and then the Lions' defense had no answers for Cooper Cup and the Rams' offense. I don't think the Texans' defense is going to have any answers, and I don't think the Texans' coach or Dave Smills is ballsy enough to really try to make those big plays that the Lions did to try to keep themselves in the game. I think this is kind of the week where the Rams just dominate out of the game against the Texans. And I hate laying big spreads. I hate laying big spreads with the Rams. I usually refuse to take them when it's double digits, but this Texans team has shown me no signs of life in the past month besides the first half of the Patriots game. I'm all over the Rams. I know it's a lot of points, though. Before Meerkat goes, Stevie, what would you set the over-under at if you're Vegas for Cooper Cup yards this week? I mean, it has to be triple digits at this point, right? Doesn't have to be like 100 and a half, maybe? Make people bet, you know, over 100 yards as a prop because that's tough to do. Mm. But at this point, I mean, he's not slowing down. doesn't matter. Now he's starting to get double coverage. It does not matter. He's getting open, and Stafford's finding him 24-7. I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. Absolutely. I know you are, Tom. So, you know, despite the massive amount of points, because I love to say the Texans, they're pros too. You know, they get play, they get paid to play the game, yeah. but – the, the Rams aren't great against the spread. I mean, six and one, just four and three against the spread this year with some close ones. I mean, there's some games and the Rams, though, I mean, you brought it up, just dominate this team on paper and every aspect of this game. They should dominate the Texans outside of that New England game have scored five, three and zero points in three <laughs> of their last four games like Mills ain't it until Tyrod's back, which it's looking like it's going to happen soon. I'm taking the frisky tag off of the Texans. The Rams need a statement win. I'll probably take the Rams straight up their spread, but it's definitely going to be great teaser material this week. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely like that there, Meerkat. And a big divisional game in the AFC North division as the Cleveland Browns welcome in the Pittsburgh Steelers to town. Browns three and a half point favorites there and a 42 over under. This is a huge, huge game for the Browns' chances, obviously, to win that division. They're going to have to start winning some games with the Bengals, um, you know, leading that right now. And with Baker Mayfield banged up, the running backs banged up, the receivers a little bit banged up, it's going to be tough to overcome. Baker could be playing Sunday. You got to really be hoping for that if you're a Browns fan, Meerkat. I'm banking on Baker playing with this one. I just think the Browns, even with their injuries going on right now, are a better team than the Steelers who have a defense, which is good. Flashy at times. Sometimes it dies down. Injured too right now, which scares me. And then they're Najee Harris and Cleveland. 
fantastic run defense, allowing, what is it, 80.4 yards a game so far this season on the ground. That's You take away Najee, you, you can't really trust Big Ben to do much. Cleveland can get the pass rush with their front seven, rushing four against a terrible Steelers offensive line and an old, decrepit Big Ben. I just think Cleveland brings the heat despite their injuries. It looks like what Chubb is going to go this week. Dearness Johnson, though, look at him. It's yeah. th- This is where you, where you see a game like that. This is where – you, you notice there's only a true handful of elite running backs in the NFL, and then the rest are just good running backs behind elite offensive lines. And you put anyone behind Cleveland's offensive line, they're going to produce on the ground. I think the Browns can dictate the pace of this game. They can control the clock, and they're just better despite the injuries. They can let Baker have a nice kind of down day against the Steelers' front seven with their offensive line. Yeah, I think Meerkat could put up at least 69 yards behind that offensive line. <laughs> at least. <laughs> Stevie, what are you seeing in this game? Anything? Yeah, I, I think Meerkat touched on it. The biggest thing for me here is the Browns' pass rush first. the Steelers' offensive line. I think they get in Big Ben's face all day and force him into a lot of mistakes. And I am also banking on Baker and Nick Chubb both playing. They were both limited practice today. So that's at least something. At least they're out there practicing in some sort of form. On a Wednesday, that's that's a good sign. Yeah, it, it, it's a good sign. I think they both will play. Usually. Right. Um, so I think I think the Browns, I think they're better than the Steelers. I think they're an overall better team. It's just everything the Steelers do well, I think the Browns are just slightly better at, besides maybe the Steelers have a couple more, you know, weapons in the receiving game than the Browns. But Big Ben just doesn't throw the ball down the field, and the Browns are very good defense in the short-yarded situation. So I think, you know, the dump-offs aren't really going to work against this Browns team. I like the Browns to get after Big Ben, maybe force them into a few turnovers and, and cover, you know, over a field goal. Yep. I like that mm-hmm. there, Stevie. And another three-and-a-half-point spread in this next one here as the Philadelphia Eagles are favored going into Detroit. Detroit's still winless over-under at 48 in this one. The Eagles have been such an up-and-down team all year. They were really getting beat up by the Raiders early in that game. Uh, Jalen Hurts made that one a little bit close at the end just to make the optics look a little better. He's been putting up you know, solid fantasy numbers. But it hasn't been translating to wins. We're hearing some whispers potentially about a certain Gardner Minshew, certain mustached man. <sighs> I don't love it for my fa- for my fantasy squad, but um, I think this is a game where the Eagles, who have been up and down all year, a, a bit of a roller coaster, where you know they win some games but they probably shouldn't, and then you know get smoked by the the Cowboys and this and that and. This is a game here where you're playing the Lions, a team that's winless. You got to put up some points. You got to prove that this offense still has another gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Miles Sanders went down with injury, but Gainwell and uh, uh, Scott looked very well as well. So I-, I think that, you know, Eagles should be able to cover this one. Meerkat, how you feeling? See, I-, I love the Eagles this year, and I've liked the Lions. And this is one of those games where I look at the Lions and I'm taking that. I took the frisky label away from the Texans. I already have one on the Lions. I'm doubling it down on the Lions. They are ultimate frisky team. They're 0-7, but they're 4-3 against the spread. When you, We were just brought up the Rams are 6-1, but 4-3 against the spread. This team stays in games. You've had everything go on with them already. Their head coach breaking down crying. You've had murder accusations, all this stuff going on. But they still stay in these games. And despite how terrible Jared golf has been and how depleted their wide receivers are they're still getting guys to step up to the plate and you know make some noise here and there and I just think this is one of those games where they want it so badly and I feel like I've said that the past four weeks with the Lions but they they're a much better team than 0-7 now they're not a good team at all I still had them to be the last winless team in the league but something's got to give for them eventually and something's got to go their way in a team coached by Nick Sirianni with Jalen Hurts who's been erratic this year and a bunch of injuries take advantage of the guys yeah I'm I'm actually going to go with the Eagles here I, I this game kind of feels similar to me when the Bengals came into Detroit and the Bengals are only three-point favorites and everyone's like this Lions team has been frisky they've been playing but opponents the Bengals are much better than oh the Eagles, without though. without yeah. without question I'm just saying the way the line set up and I I think the Eagles this is Jalen Hurts to me he's he hasn't had the best year if you look at fantasy you think he's been a top five quarterback he, he, he hasn't been but he's made some ceiling level plays he's also made a lot of bad plays 
but he's playing for his job at this point, and you cannot lose to the Lions and hope to continue to be the starting quarterback and potentially the quarterback of the future for this franchise if you lose this week in Detroit. I think Hurts is really going to get the Eagles out and rolling. I think they get a nice win, and the Lions pulled every trick out of the book against the Rams, and yes, they were never going to win that game, but they made a lot of you know crazy plays, a lot of big decisions that Dan Campbell has done all year. I just don't think it's going to work this week. I think they really thought they could catch the Rams off guard last week. Kind of did for the first half. It didn't end up happening. And now you got an Eagles team that needs this win. I I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but this is a must-win game if you call it for them. The Lions season is done. They're just playing to play now. I think Hertz is playing for his job. I'm comfortable with laying. I think they win by a touchdown, so I'm comfortable laying three, four points. Yep, I'm right there with you, Stevie. On to the next game, another NFC clash of non-divisional teams. We have the 49ers, four-point favorites going into Soldier Field, taking on the Chicago Bears. It's an over-under of 39 and a half. Boys, we've seen some of the highest over-unders ever. I think it was like it got up to almost 60 last week. I think it was at 59, 58, something like that for that Titans-Chiefs game. Yeah. This game (laughs) – that under smash too. <laughs> yeah, um, a whole thirty, a whole thirty, or a whole twenty points below that, sitting at uh, thirty-nine and a half. Um, I, I don't have a lot to say about this game. I don't care about this game. I have no read on either of these teams. They're so fluky on each side. Like I, I can't trust either of these teams to put my money on them. I'd be staying away from this one. This is my why would you even bet on this game unless you're a fan of either a team of game of the week right now. Like, I don't really care about this game. It's disgusting. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to bet on it. Um, I just feel good about my 49ers take during the preseason that they're not a good team. People were picking them for the Super Bowl. I was like, this team's not going to hit 10 wins. They're not looking great right now. And let's be real. Shanahan's coaching for his job. He is, and so is Nagy. Both of these guys yeah. are kind of in like, hey, we got our backs against the wall. Like, <laughs> They might lose their job, whoever loses this game. And, you know, I really don't have a feel for it. I might swing the Bears way just because I hate the 49ers. Bears offense, not great right now. You know, the running backs have looked all right in place of David Montgomery. Justin Fields, though, last week, I, I can't bet on the Bears after that. I love him, but he needs time. <laughs> Yeah, Fields definitely needs time. I was high on him coming out of college, and it just mm-hmm. it hasn't been working in Matt Nagy's system. But I actually kind of like the Bears as home dogs getting points this week for the simple fact that they've been playing up at home this year. They beat the Bengals yep. at home. They played the Packers in a competitive game. It took a you know a late Rodgers rushing touchdown to make that a two-possession game, but it was a competitive game. And then they beat the Lions. Yeah, the Lions' red zone struggles were horrible that game. But the Bears have played much better at home than they have on the road this year. I think as home dogs with the 49ers team that's just going to really run the ball, and they'll give it to Debo as well. It's it's just Jimmy G laying more than a field goal on the road. I like the Bears in this situation. And every time that everyone says the Bears stink, they get one win that can people back on, oh, maybe the Bears are good again. They just got crushed by the Buccaneers. It looked like a dead team. I think they're going to get a win here against the 49ers, so I love them as, as the home dogs. Yeah, um, I'm I'm still not betting on that game. If anything, <laughs> laugh my ass off when I'm over at like 41, just to like go jump in Lake Erie one last time before <laughs> before winter. But um, on to the next game here, where we have an NFC South absolute clash between the Falcons and the Panthers. Everyone's waiting to see this one. Falcons a field goal favorite at home, 45 and a half over under. Panthers having a ton of issues at the quarterback position. Sam Darnold seemed to have it, have it figured out early on, but he's struggled. Matt Brule has not been able to figure things out for him. Joe Judge decided to go to the bench in the last week there. I don't know if I can bet on the Panthers anymore. Yeah. Uh, they're a team we all like this year and a team to overperform a bit, but now – Seems like the wheels have really fallen off that wagon, especially mm-hmm. with Christian McCaffrey still sidelined. Chubba Hubbard has looked good, but he's still not Christian McCaffrey plus Chubba Hubbard, um, which was working very well for them offensively. So 
I can't bet on the Falcons either. Oh God, Stevie. No, yeah. Stevie, start talking. I can't. I can't bet. Well, as you know, I've said this every week. I retired the Falcons coming into this year, so I either bet against them or I just don't bet on them. And my question to you is, why are the Falcons favored by a field goal in this game? I get Sam Darnold has been abysmal. I completely understand that. But you're getting the better head coach, and you're getting the better defense with the Panthers, and you're getting points. And what have the Falcons done to deserve laying points to anyone this year? They beat the Dolphins and the Jets in consecutive weeks. That's why they're favored now? I don't care. I don't want any part of that. I'll take mm-hmm. the Panthers with the points. I, I hate Darnold. I, Darnold has been horrible this year besides you know sammy scrambles five rushing touchdowns to start the year i can't get behind it i mean i'm fine seeing walker come in and play a little bit doesn't matter to me i just think the panthers are a better overall team with a better coach and you're getting points against a team that as we know the falcons for the past three four years they are notorious for just choking away leads losing games they shouldn't I'm taking the Panthers with the points. I, I I like this game a lot too, even though it stinks. But I like the gambling side. Of it. So I agree with you, Stevie. I wrote it down. I'm like, how are the Falcons three and a half point favorites in this game? What have they done to deserve it? But when you really look at it, outside of the first two weeks of the season, the Falcons are kind of a frisky team. Like they haven't looked awful. Fair. Kyle Pitts has gotten going. And Christian McCaffrey, yeah. without him, the Panthers have absolutely no offensive yeah. identity. You can't plug and play somebody into that playbook that's designed for Christian McCaffrey, built right. around him to support the quarterback, the entire offense. And it's just rails are coming off. Now, I want to see my sweet baby boy, P.J. Walker, start. If he starts, I'm hammering the Panthers. <laughs> I Just blind loyalty, love to him, great mm-hmm. guy, XFL MVP. Uh, you want to see him do it. I I I root for him, but if he's not starting, I'm just avoiding this game. That's fair. Yeah, I think there's a very good chance we're gonna see him. And Stevie, that was a good point. Um, talking about you know the Falcons back-to-back wins over those real shitty teams. Public perception: Oh, Falcons are getting frisky. Kyle Pitts getting going. Well, that looks like a line where you might be right. Where if we go on the Panthers, especially if PJ Walker's playing. I like those chances there, boys. We'll, we'll be monitoring that one going into Sunday. And that's one thing I want to say real quick, Ty, is just because a team has like a superstar that's playing well, Kyle Pitts has looked great, doesn't mean that team is good overall. People will say, like, oh, the flashy rookie Kyle Pitts. Falcons must be good. No, they're not. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. And now we're on to our favorite game of the week. How about Hello Bills hosting the Miami Dolphins. 13 and a half point favorites here at Highmark Stadium over under set at 49 and a half. I don't know how they think the Dolphins are going to score that many points. Could not score any points at home to the Bills the first time they played. 35 nothing win for the Bills. Tua couldn't even make it out of the first drive after he got absolutely smoked. He's back playing, and I think he's going to be seeing ghosts yet again, not just in the stands, but on the field for this big Halloween clash. I think. The Bills should probably run away with this one. I don't know why this line's only at 13 and a half after the way they beat them down on the road previously. Only 13 and a half feels almost like a slap in the face, Meerkat. Yeah, the only reason I could think is maybe they're expecting some shitty weather this weekend and they think maybe we're just not going to score a ton. I don't know, but the line makes sense to me. I mean, we deserve to be at least two touchdown favorites in this one. Dolphins are our favorite punching bag. They're not good this year. They're just two and five against the spread. And Tua being back, I'm fine with that. You know, I had faith in Tua coming into this season. I know the injury derailed some stuff, but he's making some terrible decisions. He's not looking good out there. Absolutely no poise. Yeah, I think we can get after him a lot with a four-man rush, which is, you know, that's our recipe to success on defense. And I don't really have much notes about this game. The Bills are just going to beat up on their favorite punching bag. Yeah, and, and the, yep. the weather, just I just checked it, 55, only a 35% chance of rain early on yeah. in that one. So mm-hmm. I worry about it too much. doesn't look like wind's going to be a big factor. Okay. The bigger thing out of that. And Josh Allen has – squish the fish every opportunity he's had. He puts up absolute unbelievable numbers. I think coming into the season, it was almost like 50% of his touchdowns came against the Dolphins. Crazy <laughs> TV. Um, yeah. And a half, though. I mean, I'll keep this short and simple. I love it. It's not enough points. I, I don't like normally laying double digits, but I love it with the Bills this week. I mean, Josh Allen owns Miami, and the Bills are coming off a bye week and a previous just – 
devastating loss to the Titans. They're going to be ready. They want to kill the Dolphins in this game. And, you know, Tua has looked okay the past two weeks, but guess what? It was against the Jaguars and the Falcons' defenses. Now he's playing the Bills' defense in Buffalo on Halloween. Come on now, stop it. Give me the Bills. The Bills, I mean, if the over's going to hit at 49.5, the Bills are going to have to score 50. That's how I feel about this game. You'll see me probably do like a seven-point tease, teasing the Rams and the Bills down and just hammering that, and that's how I'll play it with these two gigantic spreads. But I love the Bills to just dominate the Dolphins like they have been for the past three or four seasons. Yep, absolutely. I'm, I think we're going to be all over that one. Hopefully, that maybe this is exactly you know why everyone got to tune into the Wednesday show. That line might be starting to move. Uh, happy towards the Bills on Sunday, so make sure you get on it now at 13 and a half before you even get to that 14 yeah. number. If you can still get it there, make sure you get it now just in case it does move. I don't see that line moving towards the Dolphins at any point. No, but that's that could move to like 16 by Sunday. It's just going to keep moving. Yeah, that's yeah, easily. But on to the next game here in the 1 o'clock window. We got Bengals-Jets. Bengals 10 and a half point favorites on the road at the Jets. Probably deservingly so. First uh, plays team in the AFC right now. If the playoffs started today and the Jets are stinky bad, their defense just gave up over 50 points somehow to Mac Jones and the Patriots. Half of his yards, I'm pretty sure, came off swing passes. That's neither here nor there. I don't know what the hell the Jets are doing. <laughs> over under at 42.5 in this one. Stevie, Joey B, Jamar Chase, they're just on another level right now. He doesn't even need anyone to block for him because he just needs to find Jamar Chase. He just needs, you know, a couple seconds to get open, and that offense is absolutely going. Oh, it, it, it's amazing, and, and I love it, too. Of all the people, the doubters were like, oh, the Bengals shouldn't have drafted Chase. They should have drafted Sewell. They need to fix their offensive line. And then everyone in the preseason when Chase is dropping balls, like, oh, he's going to be bust. He can't see the ball. He can't tell the difference. Listen, Jamar Chase is a he's a superstar. He's a generational type talent. And now he has the connection back with Joey B. And you can just see it, Ty. Burrow is loving it right now. He has a legitimate number one wide receiver. And the Bengals offense looks great. They're getting explosive plays. The touchdown Chase scored last week should have been a 10-yard mm -hmm. gain. Maybe not even a catch for half the receivers in the league. The ball was thrown a little behind him. He yeah. pulled it back and then got low, spun out of two tackles, and then accelerated like he was shot out of a cannon it was one of the most impressive plays i've seen all year and i want to hammer the Bengals minus 10 and a half but there's just something weird about this game to me where the Bengals just came off a super impressive win against the ravens the jets just got crushed by the team that owns them the patriots and it just feels like that game where the Jets for some reason stick in it just play an ugly game the Bengals are kind of you know they just won their quote-unquote Super Bowl regular season Super Bowl maybe a come down spot this week I don't want to bet it because I just don't want to bet the Jets in general but 10 and a half feels like it could be a sneaky spot where the Jets even if they lose this game like you know 27-17 they still cover it yeah, you kind of hit it. You got the hottest team in gambling right now against, you know, a one and five against the spread Jets yeah. who don't have Zach Wilson. And you don't know if they're starting Mike White or Joe Flacco on <laughs> playbook. And you're just like, what the hell is going on with this team? They're misusing some of their young offensive stars. I mean, Denzel Nims has four catches this year. LaMichael Pirine doesn't see the touches at all. It, it's why isn't this line 20? Exactly. Why? Why is this line only 10 and a half? It scares the absolute shit out of me. The Jets do have a frisky pass defense. Past few weeks, they've been exposed a little more. So they're only allowing 275 yards per game. But they started out real hot on the season, especially in the red zone. I mean, that could come into play. I'm going to take the Bengals, but, like, I don't, I don't know, want to. <laughs> I just yeah. want to stay away this, from this. this. I, I, I smell cheese. I don't know. Yeah. I want to see how this moves in the next couple of days. If the Bengals don't move to like minus 12 and a line stays kaput, something's up. Something is up. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. That could be another rat trap game. Absolutely sniffing the cheese out on that one. And the last one o'clock game, AFC South clash of the Titans and the Colts. Uh, Titans getting one and a half points here on the road over under set at 51 here in this one. This is going to be an interesting game. Um, Titans, obviously a huge win last week over the Chiefs. Didn't do much in the second half, but didn't really need to. Um, 
Colts have seemed to maybe have fixed Carson Wentz, not turning the ball over at least, which is a, a big, big thing, and getting some of their weapons back um, in the receiving uh, core, which is uh, huge for them. This feels like a game where everyone's going to be all over the Titans as underdogs, all over that money line. You can still get it, you know, plus 100 right now. I think the Colts are going to win this one. I got a weird feeling about this one. Meerkat, yep. you're on, you on my side? Yep, all over the Colts here. This is a beautiful little trap laid by Vegas like you brought up, I think. I think everyone's going to hammer the Titans. I think everyone's going to say the Titans are 5 and 2. They just beat the Bills. Why are they why are they not favorites against a 3 and 4 Colts team? Hammer, 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 hammer. And it's like, no, this Colts team matches up really well against the Titans. I know they lost the first game, but they played tough, and they were figuring things out. They had some big injuries. They were getting rushing Carson Wentz back from an injury to start in a new system where everyone is down on him. He's looked great. 11 touchdowns, two interceptions, stretch right now. He's running the offense pretty well. Their backfield, not exactly the production we want, but they're doing enough. The defense looks decent. They, they're pretty good against the run right now. I think at, uh, just over 110 yards yeah. per game they're allowing, uh, which, you know, isn't great. But if you can hold that Titans to 110 yards rushing as a team, you're going to want to do that, you know. Um, it's just one of those games. Titans got to get back down to earth in division. I think it's a trap, and I really do like the Colts. I was harping on when they were 0-3, saying they are a much better team than this. They're starting to get it going. I'm a Frank Wright guy. Don't want to see him lose his job, so let's go Colts. Yeah, and another thing to note, looking at the Colts and looking at that Bengals-Jets game, next Thursday, Colts play Jets. The look-ahead line right now is Colts minus 14. They are at home, but, you know, that three-point swing, I I don't know about that one. That's why that line still feels a little bit weird. But, Stevie, what do you got in that Titans-Colts game? So I'm going to set all my Homer Titans bias aside here. So, you know, for Meerkat, no bias here. I'm just going to say that – the world just watched the Titans beat up the Bills in a great game and then kill the Chiefs where they play, their defense played the best game they played all year, and it's not even close. And now you're going into Indianapolis to play the Colts. If the Titans win this game, the division's basically over. The Jaguars and Texans aren't winning it. The Colts, I don't think they can come back after losing both games to the Titans. The Colts need this win, and the Titans are just coming off two of their you know biggest wins all year. Everyone's telling them how great they are, how great Derrick Henry is. The Colts are going to do whatever they can to stop the run, and I think they have a good enough run defense to do that. I don't want to bet the Colts because I hate Carson Wentz. I really do. But he has been playing well this past month. I have to admit that. He has been playing well. And Michael Pittman has looked like the number one option that a lot of people thought he would become this year. It's it's happening right now, folks. Mm-hmm. Michael Pittman's becoming a legitimate number one. And this Titans defense has had one impressive game this year. It was last week against the Chiefs. I don't expect them to play as well as they did last week. And that was partly the Chiefs played horrible, too. The Colts need this win more, in my opinion. I know if the Titans, it's a big win for them, too, because if they win it, it's essentially the division. But I don't think the Colts are going away just yet. I think it's going to be a close race between these two teams. I like the Colts to split the season series and get the win at home. Yep, I like that there, Stevie. I'm glad we're all on the same page on that one. We're definitely not going to get killed on it. <laughs> but into the Derek fourth. Henry, 200 into yards later. <laughs> I, yeah, no, no, no. We're not even going to speak that into existence, Stevie. We're going to go right into the 4 o'clock window where we got the Patriots traveling on the road into L.A., taking on the Chargers. Chargers, five-point favorites, over-under, sitting at 49 in that one. Patriots, obviously, won over 49 on their own last week against the Jets. Mac Jones, ton of, a ton of good performance. But like I said, I think pretty much half his yards came off uh, like dump passes to the running backs. Um, but that's part of their game, the Patriots – you know, with Bill Belichick, they figure out how to scheme some things. The Chargers defense has shown um, they can give up some points. Look at that Browns game especially. So I could see this one turning into a shootout. I'm probably leading the over out of any play in this game. Um, and I don't know if uh, that line feels a little a little closer than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. I think that's because of the big win last week. But, Stevie, mm-hmm. what, what are you diagnosing on this game? 
So last year, the Chargers hosted the Patriots, and the Patriots embarrassed them. They won 45 nothing. It was just kind of a wake-up moment for Justin Herbert, like, welcome to the NFL. After that, the Chargers ripped off four straight wins, and they looked like a much better team. Herbert looked like a much better quarterback. I don't think the Chargers are going to let that happen again. I know the Patriots have been a, kind of a weird team this year. They they played close against Dallas, that you know heartbreak for the Patriots spread overtime loss, where Dallas really kind of dominated the game. The Patriots have crushed the Jets both times they played them. And the Chargers are coming off their worst loss of the year, which we, we all whiffed on. I'll admit it. We thought they were going to beat the Ravens. The Ravens absolutely steamrolled them in Baltimore. But now they got to buy. They got time to regroup. I think the Chargers get kind of a little mini revenge from last year's shellacking the Patriots had in L.A. I think the Chargers will be able to win this game by a touchdown. I don't know if they'll blow them out because it is just hard to blow out the Patriots and a coach like Belichick. But I like the Chargers by I, – I like them spread. I like them over a touchdown here. I, I think Herbert can attack this Patriots pass defense, which hasn't been amazing. It's allowed, you know, 260 yards a game. But it just feels like a good bounce-back spot for me. And I just – just because the Patriots killed the Jets doesn't mean they're a good offense or a good team that can score with this Chargers offense. I'll lay the points. Yeah, it feels like a trap, but I'm still going to take the points here. I, you know, I got to get it off my chest. Mac Jones is pretty good. I know a lot of his yards are yards after the catch, things like that, but he's delivering the ball. He's doing it efficiently. I'm not saying he's great, but his floor is a lot higher than I anticipated coming in the NFL, and he's looked the best of all the rookie quarterbacks so far mm-hmm. for being real. So, you know, just for future sense, kind of scares me a little bit what he might be able to develop into under Belichick where – Belichick's getting the most out of him. And, you know, if they can keep it simple, they might be able to abuse this Chargers defense a bit. But like you said, Herbert wants revenge. Herbie is so good. And that Patriots secondary post Gilmore is trash. And they're they're a little banged up right now. So uh, you got to ride with Herbert in the points here. Absolutely. And another thing, that, that Mac Jones pick might end up really looking like a steal when you look at this year's draft class at the quarterback position. Nothing mm-hmm. – you know, crazy. Um, you got the Liberty quarterback who's looking pretty good, and you know, a few other names. Corral, on old mess. He's all right, besides the band. All right, yeah, but nothing, you know, there's no certified number one quarterback this year. There's yeah, like no, guy kind of toss in a hat and hope for the best. And you're probably going to have to develop guys next year. I don't think any of them are pro ready right away from the looks of it. So, them getting Matt Jones pro ready out of Alabama might really be a big steal for them, but. On to the next 4 o'clock game here. We got the Jaguars, Steelers, Jaguars getting three points in this one at Seattle, over under 43.5. Obviously, we know the Seahawks going through some woes, um, you know, really struggling to put up points there the other night on Monday. And it doesn't look like it's going to be getting much better for them anytime soon. Obviously, Russell Wilson on the shelf for multiple weeks. And outside of that DK Metcalf big catch uh, and touchdown, their offense looked really, 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 really abysmal. Um, and the Saints defense this year isn't what it was last season. So um, this is another one of those games where it's like you got you feel like you have to take the Seahawks, but it, I think this could be a game where Trevor Lawrence kind of figures things out because that Seahawks defense hasn't been phenomenal. Yes, they looked good the other night, but also um, – I don't love, you know, what the Saints are doing offensively either. So, um, I think the Jaguars could get things going. James Robinson may be a big day from him. Meerkat, what are you seeing? I, I feel like I just have to take the Seahawks, even though they're one and four straight up in their last five home games. And the, the Russell Wilson era, this team doesn't lose less than nine games in a season, and it's going to happen this year. They're not; they're off the rails. Injuries are killing them. Season in this career. Yeah, I think they have. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's what I was saying. He had at least nine wins every season yeah. of his career, not nine losses, sorry. Um, but uh, they still – Geno's been competent, and they've lost the last two games each by three points to much, much better teams than the Jaguars with the Saints and the Steelers. Not, not teams I'm high on, but much better teams overall than the Jaguars. Urban, I think he's still distracted by all the bullshit. He's still got his eyes on USC. He sees Jeff Fisher interviewing this week, and he is scared. He wants to get out. I can't bet on this Jaguars team. Now, does that mean I'm going to take the Seahawks? I'm leaning them right now, but I'm just not. I can't bet this Jaguars team personally. 
Yeah, America, I'm kind of right there with you. I'm leaning the Seahawks laying points here just because, I, you know, they haven't played terrible. Their offense isn't going to look the same without Wilson, but they played two decent defenses, the Steelers and the Saints, and they were both field goal games, and they their defense actually has stepped up since the Wilson injury. They've played better. Now, granted, the Seattle defense is terrible right now. They're allowing like 420, 430 yards per game, but guess what else? other defense allows that it's the Jaguars if there's ever a chance to get your offense right it's when you play the Jaguars and yeah maybe Trevor Lawrence can have a good game and move the ball against the Seahawks offense but he's not playing defense and this Seattle has weapons that can expose this Jaguars team I think Metcalf can get a few big plays here and that's really I think all you're gonna need is just a couple of them I like the Seahawks at home I I'm, I don't know if I'll actually bet this because I and I just don't really want to watch this game if I'm being honest you know Geno Smith versus Trevor Lawrence not really my cup of tea but I like the Seahawks laying a field goal right now I'm curious to see if this line will move because it's one of those things where no one wants to bet Geno Smith, but at the same time, who wants to bet the Jaguars on the road? But I'll take the Seahawks. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I think everyone else is going to be taking the Seahawks, so I think that's going to be one of those public lines to jump on the other side of this week. And in the 4 o'clock window, obviously, honestly, only the Patriots-Chargers game is worth watching. But in the 425 game, the Washington football team on the road at Denver who have struggled after some early wins. Um, three-point favorites there at home in Mile High not Mile High Stadium. I don't even know what the hell the name is. They switched it again. Over under 44 um, in that one. This is a game I could not care less about. <laughs> and uh, it's gonna, probably going to be the game where, like, if there weren't four games out on red zone, like, you wouldn't know that it was going on. Um, hopefully Jerry Judy, you know, can be healthy and perform well for that. Broncos team because they really, really need him. They don't have, you know, a ton of big weapons there offensively. So he has to kind of be that guy, really step into that role for them, for that offense to get things going, especially against the Washington football team defense that has really, really struggled this season. If um, any time for them to get right and start rifling off some wins, it would be this week. So leaning Broncos, but I don't know. I thought last week Washington honestly should have been in that game. With the Packers, yeah. I don't know if you watched any of that, but yep. the calls the refs made really, really, really gave that game to the Packers. That's one of those games where if you're just a random person who knows about betting but has never watched football and you watch that, you would really think something was up. Mm. What, what do you think in this one? I mean, the thing here is just kind of the injuries with the receivers. Terry McLaurin didn't practice today with a hamstring injury. You have Antonio Gibson on the Washington side who was limited. And then you got Jerry Judy, who should be back this week, activate off IR, but we'll see how much of an impact he has. I just kind of like the under in this game. I just The Broncos have had a solid defense. Von Miller's another one to keep an eye on for the injury report. I don't think he practiced there or he was limited. But I, I think the Broncos' defense is good enough to – not let Terry, if he plays, take over this game or Heineke have a good game. And they did play well. They were moving the ball against the Packers. That was something that kind of impressed me. The Broncos are just the team we kind of expected. A good defense, but their offense is just so mediocre, so pedestrian. It's just a matter of matchups. They can beat the bad teams. They can't really beat the good teams. And we've seen that this year. They started 3-0 and when they played the three worst teams on their schedule. And since then, I mean, they lost to the Ravens in a low-scoring game. They lost to the Steelers. They lost to the Raiders. And then they lost to Case Keenum and the Browns. I just – I don't want to lay points with this Broncos team, but I also don't trust Washington to come into Denver. And maybe they keep it within a field goal. I just like the under here and just not really going to watch it. I think it's like a 16-13 game. Yeah, this is just a gross game. You brought it up, Stevie. The Broncos have a good defense, but their offense not doing enough to carry them. And yet, injuries have definitely hindered them, held them back a bit. But when are we going to drop the stigma? You know, Teddy B, the cover king. Like they're three and four yeah. against the spread yeah. this year. You know, they haven't been doing that. I know it's not all his fault, but that we just got to drop that. That being said, I mean, I'm probably going to take the Broncos. I can't keep talking myself in the betting on Taylor Heineke. They're one <laughs> against the spread and just so many terrible mistakes at times by them on that offense. And then just compared with 
maybe the most overrated defense in history. We came into this season thinking they were going to be great, and yeah. they have been the opposite of great. <laughs> so I'm, I just, I got to take the Broncos. I've been, I've been telling the Washington football team too much this year, and they've been burning me. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I like that there, and that stadium there in Denver, absolutely beautiful. If you're ever there, mm-hmm. even in the summer, you can sign up for a ticket tour. I did, and put my Bills jersey on, got some nice pictures right on the field, and you know, had to rub it in on them because I knew the Bills were coming. That was a few years ago. I knew they were going to be <laughs> top of the East, so I had to let them all know. But on to the last afternoon game we got here, NFC South game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Tampa Bay minus six in this one, over under set at 50. Um, Saints coming off a three-point win there on Monday night. That offense seems to really be struggling. They cannot figure out what their identity is going to be. And, you know, no Taysom Hill still. Um which takes a lot out of that playbook just because, you know, Sean Payton likes to use them, you know, whether it's, you know, a dozen plays or what have you, that's still a good chunk of what their game plan is and sort of throwing the defense off and giving them some other looks to help Jameis out a bit. And without that, they're, they've really been boomer bust and the Tampa Bay Bucks defense obviously is still one of the best defenses out there. They can get after everyone. So, at six, this feels like another line where the public's going to be all over the Bucks. I know. We might see a Saints cover. I don't know about you, Meerkat, but I, I think I'm going to be on the Saints. This is a public all over Bucks, like you said, but still I can't bring myself to bet on these Saints right now. You don't know what Jameis you're going to get. We don't even know if he's been fully unleashed, if he's being held back by you know the play calling right now. I just don't know what to make of the offense outside of Elvin Kamara is very good. But the Saints, you know, they don't have Breeze to protect them anymore in the regular season against Tampa Bay. Last year, you know, they swept Tampa in the regular season. Then Tampa got their revenge in the playoffs, and Tom still probably got that anger to let out. The Saints' defense is good, but they're susceptible to the pass, and you just see what this passing offense does, this stable receiver's. I might be avoiding it. I'll probably tease the Buccaneers. I'm leaning them more than the Saints right now just because we've seen it. But division rivalry, Jameis wild card, who knows what you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, this just feels like a fade the public game for me. I think the entire world is going to say, oh, less than a touchdown with the Bucs. I'll take it. And the Saints, they, they, they're a team I think that can play the Bucs tough, especially at home and the Bucks have a great run defense, allowing you know 67 yards per game this year. But they allowed 133 last week to the Bears, including 100 by Khalil Herbert, who also had five receptions for I think 30 yards. Kamara can do that, and if that's how the Saints want to move the ball in this offense, they can. I think if the Saints want to beat the Bucks, it's kind of the same formula to beat the Seahawks. Granted, it's a completely different team, but you want a low-scoring defensive game where you can just ride Kamara as your entire offense. I think that's what the Saints will do. And not to mention, everyone's favorite Buccaneers, the NFC favorites to go to the Super Bowl. There might be 6-1, and one, but they're 3-4 and four against the spread. And this is just kind of, I think, a classic spot where the Bucs probably come into New Orleans and win, but it's like a 24-21 game. I, I think this is going to be competitive. I'll take the points and Sean Payton at home against a team. He always seems to play well against the Bucs. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. On to the night game here as we have the Dallas Cowboys, two point two and a half point favorites going into Minnesota to take on the Vikings. 55 and 55 on the over-under. Looking like a high-scoring prediction by Vegas, which we love for Sunday night football, especially uh, the same thing on Monday night, the high, high scoring over over under, which, you know, after last week's uh, games, who will be very, very nice to see, hopefully, for everybody. Uh, Dak still questionable right now, which is a big thing uh, with that calf injury. They said he's got to clear some things to be um, able to go Sunday. We'll see how that goes. That's something really to monitor. Um, outside of that, I think I'm on the Cowboys in this one. But that's going to be something to monitor, obviously, throughout the week. Is Dak going to be playing? Because if he's not, that obviously flip-flops everything. That line's probably going to move a ton. Stevie, where are you right now on that? 
I love the Vikings. I really mm. do. And there's there's a couple of reasons for this. First off, the Cowboys are already one of the most public bet teams. It's the Sunday night game. After Vegas has been getting crushed for three weeks, and maybe, you know, the Sunday slate doesn't go the way the public wants. What are they going to do? They're going to empty their bank accounts on the Cowboys money line, on the Cowboys spread on Sunday night because it's the Cowboys. They're 6-0 and against the spread. Their offense has looked phenomenal this year. Everyone loves Trayvon Diggs because of his flashy interceptions, not realizing he's allowed the most yards in coverage this year. And they're playing the Vikings with Kirk Cousins, who isn't good in primetime. Well, here's breaking news, folks. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He's got close to 1,800 yards, 13 touchdowns, and only two picks so far this year. He's got weapons around him that are healthy. You got a fully healthy Delvin Cook this week against a Cowboys run defense that has been good this year, but I think it can get exposed with a running back like Delvin Cook. I think the world's going to be on the Cowboys, so that's exactly why I'm going to take the Vikings at home Sunday night. Give me Kirk Cousins. You like that? I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm right with Stevie. I'm taking the Vikings now, and if you get some bad DAC news, which I expect him to go, but you get some I bad DAC news, that line's going to go bad. And yeah. the thing with Dak is this injury is not going to be 100% healed when he's playing. And when he's playing injured, he plays scared. This is when he makes the bad decisions passing. He takes terrible sacks. He'll give himself up. I mean, he, he gets, you know, scared out there, and – his guy, a bit fragile. He's been hurt a few times now throughout his career, nursing something. You might see that come into play. And then Delvin Cook, this is the matchup to watch against that Cowboys run defense, which has been great this year, allowing just over 86 yards a game. Delvin Cook looks all the way back, 140 yards, two touchdowns last game for him. And like Stevie said, I said it before too, Kirk Cousins is good as much as we hate the guy and he's a nerd and his relationship with Diggs was bad. We're going to blame him, and he grills his steaks on tinfoil like a Melvin. I mean, <laughs> they're a good team. They're up and down, and this is the chance to take them with some value. Yeah, I think you guys might have talked me into that one. <laughs> I think I believe they're getting um, Ishmir Smith-Marset, or um, I think I believe that's the name back, too, as well, the rookie receiver who they were yep. pretty high on, so. That'll be something else to note. Plus, KJ Osborne has looked very, very good for for them. Shout out KJ, former UB Bull, oh, yeah. um, and a member of Ty B's Hertz Donut Company uh, in the Megabyte <laughs> Fantasy League. But we have one more game here to break down as the Kansas City Chiefs will host the New York Giants on Monday night. A bit of a weird game there. And the Chiefs, nine and a half point favorites, um, over under at 52 in this one. Chiefs offense has been struggling. I guess is a, a nice way to put things. Um, Patrick Mahomes cleared already without a concussion somehow. Um, nope. Don't really get it. Man was knocked out on the field, um, but good to see that he's you know healthy and feeling all right. Um, but they have a great opportunity here against the Giants defense, who not very good, uh, to really figure things out and get, get things going again. They have really struggled with not having a third target that's consistent for them, um, where Sammy Watkins sort of stepped up for them in, in previous seasons where he can, you know, go for 150 mm -hmm. when you're trying to double Tyreek and you're really um, playing physical with Kelsey. And they weren't able to overcome that last week against the Tennessee Titans. And you're seeing when uh, things aren't going Patrick Mahomes' way, when he can't push the ball down the field, he starts to try and force things. He tries to start to be a little bit – um, a little bit too cool with some of his moves, and it, it causes some issues. And nine and a half is a bit interesting here on this spread, Stevie. Yeah, I mean, this is a game that I don't, I don't know if I want to watch or I don't want to watch it. It's a weird game for me, and it starts with the giant side with – their entire skill positions are all banged up. And right now you had Galladay, Tony, Barkley, and Shepard that were in uniform for practice. They went through stretches. But I don't know who's going to play, who's not going to play. I, you got to monitor that because I don't want to pet Daniel Jones throwing to Pettis and Slayton against the Chiefs, even how bad their defense is. But on the other side of the ball, too, it's it just feels like the public's stubborn on the Chiefs every week. They're like, this is the, the week the Chiefs get right. This is the week the Chiefs get right. Maybe they don't get right. Maybe they get right to a point, but it's not to the Chiefs that we thought we knew coming into this season. 
I don't really think anybody wants to bet Daniel Jones against Patrick Mahomes. If you just think of it that, take all the points aside, take the teams aside, and just say Daniel Jones versus Mahomes at prime time, who really wants to bet Daniel Jones? I don't really want to. I think I might, especially if this line gets to double digits and the Giants have some weapons come back for this game. I'm just going to keep fading the Chiefs. It's just, I don't know. I haven't really, last week was the worst I've seen the Chiefs play in the past probably three years. But I also don't think the public's ready to give up on them. I don't know why, but I just feel like they're still going to be stubborn, saying, oh, the Giants are a bad team. Chiefs should wax them, win by 30. If this gets to double digits, I think I lean the Giants, depending on who is playing for them. But this is a game I just, I don't really want to bet right now. Yeah, it was the first time in Patrick mm. Mahomes' career as quarterback that they didn't score an offensive touchdown. Crazy. Yeah, which is insane, Meerkat. I don't know what this offense is going to do going forward to you know have to overcome the struggles defensively that seemed to put them in holes. They had to you know try and claw from behind, and some of those own, their own mistakes really shot themselves in the foot because it seems like that offense is really really trying to press to make up for you know the issues defensively. Yeah, and it's just a weird line, man. It's a mm-hmm. fucked up line. Whoever made it, I don't like you. This line is <laughs> taunting me right now because Patrick Mahomes has mashed potato brains. That defense looks awful, and they're 2-5 and five against the spread as a whole on this year. Everything says fade the Chiefs, fade the Chiefs, even with the public conception still. Is this the Chiefs bounce back? But I've said it every single week we've talked about the Giants this year. I can't bet on Danny Dimes. I refuse to. I just can't. He's too erratic of a quarterback. He'll show you flashes here and there. And yet the Giants haven't looked the worst the past four weeks, I guess. You know, But that team is so beat up. They are so just not good at so many levels that this is the game the Chiefs, if they're ever going to get back to get it being the Chiefs, this is the game to do it. This is the game to bury the Giants 31 nothing. I mean, I hate it being nine and a half points, but I think it makes all the sense in the world. I don't know. I, I still don't know. I got to look at the numbers if this is a public trap or not, because I don't know if people are finally baiting the Chiefs or if they're like, this is their get right, or if they're like, why is it nine and a half? There's so many <laughs> angles of this game. I really think this is like 31 to 7 Kansas City. I hate them. I don't want to see it. This is their get right. If they're ever going to get right, this is the time. Yeah, we've been saying that. And like, that's the toughest part is like, it's been a weekly occurrence. Like, hey, maybe they'll figure things Mm -hmm. out or at least some semblance of it. And it's not happening. But I like Stevie's angle there looking at the skilled position of the Giants. If you get Kadarius Tony, if you get uh, Slayton back, if you get some of these other names, Shepard, too. Shepard Shepherd is right Barbara. there. Yeah, You could really do some things, um, especially against this Chiefs defense that has struggled. They're the second most expensive defense in the league, and you see what they're doing. <laughs> Great investment by them. So if you ever feel bad about an investment you made, at least it isn't as bad as the Chiefs' investment into their defense this season. So make sure you smile, even if you lose a bet this week. But I know we're very excited for this weekend. Mm. We're going to be at the Sports Collectors Expo there at Batavia Downs Gaming on Friday, potentially Saturday. We'll see with the weather and everything else because of the UB game and whatnot. But I can't mm. wait to get there, Meerkat, look at some cards. And oh, yeah. have, you know, it's a ton of great names to get some autographs from. I can't wait. It's going to be a great event. Hope to see all you guys there. I'll be signing hot dogs. I'll be signing babies. Whatever you got, bring them to me. I'll bring my purple Sharpie. Absolutely. And Stevie, I know you're getting back into the card game. It's going to be an exciting one for you. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Some guy may may be making an appearance in Batavia. It's going to be a fun time. I'm excited for it. Can't wait. I mean, it goes hand in hand, right? Gambling, sports cards, it's the same thing. We're all degenerates. We all love it. Exactly. It's only $10 to get in each day over there. Um, and you get $10 in free play right to the casino. So you get your money back immediately and a chance to win even more money. So shout out to them over there for what they're doing with that. And you can get tickets for any of the uh, specific autograph signings and check out the times and all that over at legendsandstars.net. So make sure you do that. Um, it really you know, helps support us because they're supporting us and it helps support them. And it's a great, great event that you guys should all make sure you get out to if you're mm-hmm. sports fans. And like Meerkat said, he's going to be autographing anything you want. <laughs> he's, I don't know if anyone saw my tweet the other day. He said, name an off- random offensive lineman. Sign me up with Alex Meerkat. 
uh, Lemire any day of the week to be my starting left tackle. Wouldn't trust anyone else with my blind side. But Meerkat, any last thoughts before we get out of here on this Wednesday night? Man, just just play it safe Thursday night, folks. Let's fade the Cardinals. Let's have a good time. And then we'll be back Sunday morning with all of our final picks, our five best bets for the week. We've been indecisive on some of this stuff, so our picks are going to change. So make sure you tune in and get ready to lay the hammers. Absolutely, absolutely. Stevie, feeling good this Wednesday night. We got it all out. We went through the lines. We broke it all down. Feeling good going into Sunday. Oh, I'm feeling great. There's only one more thing to complete this Wednesday. Let's get a Braves win. Let's get a 200th win for the dart. Let's need it. Absolutely. We definitely need the 200th win for the dart. Braves minus one and a half tonight. We'll be all monitoring that throughout the night. And make sure you guys stay tuned. Tons of uh, producer Burr's content throughout. That man is going to be going absolutely insane. With the Braves up one nothing here in the World Series. The team I've been betting every year to win the World Series and then <laughs> yeah, this year. Same here. I bet him last year. I hammered him last year. This year, Acuna gets hurt. I go, ah, oh, they're not going to make it. Oh, they did. <laughs> oh, I've been yeah. betting before the season the past few years. And just, yeah. Of course. I've been, you know, getting bit in the uh, NLCS every year by the Dodgers, and then the year they finally get over is the year I don't bet them. Go figures. Yeah, you're all terrible. <laughs> not betting on them this year so that they could get to the World Series. Or, yeah, I've, I've been mushing them. I guess I was the problem. But we're all on the Braves bandwagon, so shout-out to the Braves. Make sure you guys follow us over at, at Degenerate Zone on Twitter for a ton of more content. Mm-hmm. That's where you can check out the Dart every oh, almost every day from Meerkat Dart. Looking to get more units here with a nice run line here tonight and the 200th career win. That dart yes, is sir. more over 500 probably than any of us, unfortunately, sometimes. <laughs> but, yeah, if you're watching here on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the thumbs up. Make sure you guys subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications so you know whenever we're going live or posting new videos mm-hmm. so you can check out all of our content and get over to trainwrecksports.com where we have tons of articles coming out pretty much daily as well breaking down all sorts of sports throughout the world and Western New York. We're going to be covering St. Bonaventure basketball even more. I got someone for that. So tons of stuff to look forward to. So make sure you guys keep monitoring these lines. Get out there. Get some of these bets in early. Go to the creek. Go call in your bets. Go text them in. Get to your bookie and go make that free money. Good night now.